In this episode, I want to talk a bit about the chakras and give a bit of an explanation from my perspective and what I've learned. And I'll follow on another podcast immediately after where it will just be a pure chakra meditation, which you can go back to at any time. The chakras are psychic centers, and they were taught by the rishis in ancient India as a meditative tool for gaining wisdom and enlightenment. They were not intended to open people's psychic faculties. That is simply a byproduct of unfolding your spiritual wisdom. Trying to force psychic visions, remote viewing and astral projection and what have you, that will only cause you trouble. And I'll explain that as I go along when we get to the third eye. There are chakras all over the body and they carry on into infinity. There are chakras which link you to very high realms, which is how we connect, and also lower realms. But the chakras that you find in the seven chakra system are so because light passes through a prism and is broken up into the different colors of the spectrum. The spirit is the light, your soul is the prism, and your body, your spiritual body, is where the light is fractured into these seven colors. The base of the spine is traditionally where we begin, but your root is in the earth and you must connect with the earth before you open your chakras so that you ground the energy in the love of mother earth. And then you open up through the spine to the crown, open to the spirit world, receive your your meditation, the the guidance you're going to get, and then you close back down from the crown back to the spine, and then let any anxieties, any negativity that you've been holding on to be returned to the earth and cleansed. Now, there's the chakras can be divided into two sections: your sort of more earthly psychic chakras, which run from the base through the gut. And then from the heart of upwards is your spiritual centers. And what you raise up from the bottom is given power will determine what your experience with your spiritual chakras are. So you want to really set your intentions for enlightenment and wisdom rather than just opening your psychic faculties. And the system of chakras are also related to the endocrine system. And the glands in that system that produce hormones, which give us various emotions and feelings. And there's a lot of study done on this. Some people, they ascribe certain glands to certain chakras and some people disagree and they think it's another gland. I'm not going to be hard and fast on any of that. Um, At the end of the day, no surgeon or doctor will find a chakra inside your body. They are meditative tools. And in my experience, people don't see chakras until they've been taught them. They see colors in the aura and the colors are related to chakras. But I've not met anyone who has had um, a profound psychic experience with no training or, or guidance beforehand ever talk about chakras. I'm not going to go into how many petals each one has got. You can go and study these yourself. And I'd 
probably think that would be better than just listening to someone talk about it on the internet. Some of our ideas of chakras came over with the Theosophists. And Charles Webster Letter, Ledbetter wrote the seminal book on them. And traditionally we think that the chakras run in a straight line. And that is a very powerful meditative tool. But there are no straight lines in nature. In the Theosophist version, because these glands that are found in the body, they are not in a straight line either. Neither is your chakra system. And the Kundalini is a winding serpent. And that doesn't run in a straight line either. There are lots of warnings by the Rishis and by Buddhist and yogic practitioners in the East that to raise the Kundalini energy can be dangerous. That is probably true, but also a little superstitious. It depends on your intention. Are you doing this for healing and wisdom? Or are you trying to force it for psychic development? And unfortunately, the majority of people are trying to force it for psychic development. So you, you've had enough warnings. You, you, you will find this in every um, area of the spiritual community. You'll find knowledge of the chakras, but you'll also hear the warnings about forcing the energy. You should let it naturally unfold under the guidance of people that love you in the spirit world. And when you have that spiritual connection, you'll be guided in the right way. But when you're just trying to force it for your own abilities, there are some very um, stark warnings. And we'll go over that, especially when you get to the third eye. The one that people are most concerned about opening. And as, as we discuss each chakra, we'll talk about the positives and some of the more negative sides so that you're conscious as you're working through it why you're doing what you're doing and how to how to work with each chakra for a, a higher benefit so we're starting with our feet firmly on the ground rooted to mother earth and then we begin to open up our base chakra at the base of our spine it's our root it's connected to mother earth and it's typically red because it's at the lower end of the color spectrum and it's red because of survival. It's, it's in our blood. Blood is red. It's to do with survival and it's primal and instinctive. When we visualize the color, we want to try and get the colors vibrant. Vibrant and full and, and full of life and character. We can start off with this sort of darker, deeper blood red. That we want to get to a very nice vivid vibrant crimson red and really activate this chakra you can see it as a, a swirling disc of light but it's probably easier to think of a flower from the garden or to think of you know just maybe spend some time working with colors before you do your meditation so you can get get it visualized into your mind the kind of color that you're drawn to and that will determine how powerful and how how healing your experience with that chakra is and survival is to do with you know wanting to be alive it's fear fear of death fear of the unknown and when you overcome that through the knowledge that you're a spiritual being you can really 
give a lot of power to this chakra. The next chakra above, found around your navel, is the sacral chakra. And this is typically orange. And again, it can be a very pale or very vivid orange, depending on where you're at. But you can turn that a more vivid and vibrant color by thinking of an actual orange. Think of the, the vibrant version of that color. This chakra is to do with desire. It's related very much to sexual energy. And where the, the survival chakra is to do with the, um, the genitals, okay, for males or females, it will differ. The chakra of the sacral is more to do with the adrenal glands, but there is still a, a connection to sexual energy because it's to do with desire. And this is where you've got to concentrate on what you want from your meditation. Be warned not to go after psychic development alone. You want to be given wisdom. You want to advance your understanding. And you want to do that because you want to be part of the whole of nature. You want to heal the world. You want to be part of that process. Because you're not an individual. You're part of a wave of energy. You're part of a collective consciousness. And at this point, you want to remember that because you're now going to take that intention through your desire. And this is what this chakra is about. You know, we were talk, talking about a positive and a negative polarization and you want to just be aware of them. You don't want to polarize yourself too much. You just want to be aware that through this chakra, you're setting your intention. Then you come up to the solar plexus, which is a powerful psychic center. It's where you draw in a lot of psychic energy and it's also related to the sun because it's gonna give it that power and energy. So like I said, whatever you've brought up into the solar plexus, you're going to give it so much power and energy now that this is going to determine your experience very much. And because people use their psychic centers so much in the solar plexus, this is the one you want to make sure is purified and cleansed more than any other, in my opinion. I could, you know, that other people's opinions are valid. But in my working practice with this, this is most important. That by the time you've reached the solar plexus, you want to see such a pure, yellow, vibrant sun energy that you know that everything's been cleansed and purified. And what's going to be given the power of the solar plexus is going to be for your benefit. Then we come to the heart chakra, where the solar plexus is related to the, the pancreas. The heart chakra is actually related to the thymus. But we call it the heart chakra because it's location, but it is also where we connect with the spirit world and our loved ones. And this is a green color. And you think of the, the fresh light greens of the new growth in nature, but you also think of the darker, more mature leaves of the you know evergreen trees and what have you. Green is the color of earth because it is the, the, the plane of inertia between the higher and the lower realms. It's where we find our perspective. And it's where we connect with other people in the group when we sit in circle. 
And you can imagine all the hearts, when we get to the heart chakra, everyone's heart is linked by this beautiful stream of energy connecting the circle. And this is especially powerful when you're working in these groups. And when you work at home alone, it's still powerful, but it, again, whenever you work in a group, you can have a very powerful collective experience. There is another color associated with this, which is pink. Pink because of love, but also because if you think the white light of spirit is coming in from the higher self and it's combining with the red base chakra of the earth, you end up with this pink color somewhere in the middle, which is the heart chakra. And then we raise up even further into the throat. And this is related to the thyroid. And the color is blue. And the color blue that you consider is going to be determined by, by what you need it to be. It's to do with communication. And it's to do with speaking your truth, but also holding your peace. It's, it's not just verbal communication, it's also non-verbal communication. It's mediumship. It's healing. And this, this chakra, for a lot of people, they will get stuck here for some time. You know, they, they will raise, they'll, they'll have no trouble, they'll heal all the chakras running up towards the throat, and then they'll get to the throat, and for many months, maybe even years, they will struggle with the chakra. Because... They haven't formulated their philosophy and spoken about it yet. Through this process I'm going through of writing books and, and doing the podcast, I'm opening the chakra up more. I was stuck at it for a very long time, but I started doing, writing down my thoughts, recording them, and also working as a, a trance medium and working on the platform and, and using my gifts to let the spirit world speak. And this really opened up and enlivened my throat chakra. And then we rise up to the third eye, the brow. It's related to the pineal gland, which is a source of dimethyltryptamine, which is a powerful psychedelic which exists in the human body. And it's how you dream in such technicolor sleep. It activates most when you're in REM sleep and you're having those vivid dreams but through spiritual development you can use it for your clairvoyance there's a lot of misconceptions about it and there's a lot of people saying that it's been calcified through drinking fluoride water and eating rubbish food and, and being you know um, discouraged from using it by religions and by social expectations but I've drunk the fluoride water, I've eaten the processed foods. I eat healthy and drink healthy as well, but I have done the others. And it hasn't seemed to affect me too much. Maybe my clairvoyance could be better, but it hasn't closed me down completely because through the knowledge of spirit and spiritual development, you can overcome nearly anything physical. Um, but there's also a warning about the third eye. If you try to view other people if you try to use your clairvoyance to see what other people are doing in other locations at other times you are opening a channel for them to be able to do the same to you when you use your third eye it should be for the enlightenment of your own being but if you want to spy on other people what you're doing is giving them permission to spy on you and they may be better at it than you are 
You have to be very careful. Not everything you're going to see is very good. And if you, like I say, if you've raised up through your chakras and you've brought ill intention, you've brought ill will with you, it's going to rebound you in the third eye. And um, that, that is a fact. I've met people who have had incredibly difficult experiences because they've misused it. And there is um, something called the evil eye. And there are prayers of protection against the evil eye. And this is, this is because other people may try to use their clairvoyance to spy on you and to, to wish you ill. And it's one of the reasons why we offer prayers of protection. But it's also why it's good to have a powerful spiritual being so that nothing can harm you. And that's, that's through love and good intention. And through, you know, um, chakra meditations, you can really bring a lot of power to yourself, to your spiritual being. And, and take control, take command of your spiritual energy. And that way you've got no, no issues and no worries about the evil eye. But just make sure that it's not you using your eye for, for anything other than your own wisdom. And when you're guided by teachers in the spirit world, you should have no real problem. But the third eye is a very powerful center. It's where our mind seems to be centered. And like I say, it's related to the pineal gland, which has a very powerful chemical in it that helps us see. And that can also be detrimental because people who have these powerful experiences might find them disturbing. They're not, they're not emotionally and mentally ready to see what the, the third eye can show you. And this is the one that people try to force the most. They want it the most. They, they try to activate it and, and they do all these practices for it. Just know that it will unfold naturally. It will unfold naturally alongside your ability to comprehend it. And that's what you'll get when you're guided by spirit. Then rising up from the third eye to the crown. The crown is related to the pituitary gland, which is the master builder of the temple. It is the, the, pituitary, the pituitary gland is the one that determines what hormones are released through the body. And the crown chakra is typically thought of as the thousand petal lotus. And this thousand petal lotus, um, as it opens, you can think of a pine cone opening up, which is also related to the pineal gland. And there are many visual representations of this. And I'm not going to go into how many petals and leaves each chakra has and it's, it's Hindu, Sanskrit. You can go study all that for yourself. I would only be reading it from a book and repeating it. I'm trying to give you my experience and my, my journey. It would be false of me to just sit there and read from this book as if I'm an expert on Sanskrit. I'm not. But I'm giving you my experiences. Um, and they, they're also a collective experience from working with many different people. But the crown chakra, when it opens, it can be very subtle, but it can also be very profound. And, and you can feel this sort of, um, I can only call it a fizz, like champagne, opening a bottle of champagne and the fizz all pouring down through your aura. It can be exciting, it can be enthr enthralling, but it can also be very subtle. 
and I suspect subtle is probably better. But from this point, you're going to visualize a ball of light just above your head, which is your higher self. What you've done is you've worked through the layers of your aura and you've reached that higher self, that, that larger, wider expanse of your aura. And like the chakras, your aura extends into infinity, but we need to, we need to give it a, a, a border, a perimeter as such. And so the crown is the one that we're reaching and that's reaching your higher spiritual self. And from then on, you're working as your higher self rather than as your human self. You're working as the spiritual being you are rather than the physical being you are. You've moved through the light spectrum and now you are at that level where you can commune with God. You can commune with your higher being and in this, in this power, you can go on a meditation or you can receive some knowledge and wisdom from the spirit world. Then when you bring that to a close, you close the crown, you close the third eye, you close the throat, the heart, the solar plexus, the sacral, the base, and let it return to the earth, taking with it any of the aches, pains, and, and negativity. And when you close yourself down, just leave a few moments just to rest and think about what you've experienced. Return to your waking consciousness slowly, beginning with your feet, and open your eyes only when your whole body is awake again. This experience can be done over and over again, each time it's healing. But there's a reason we go from the base up to the crown first before we open to the spirit world. It's a bit like walking up a stream and opening a sluice gate. If you clear the debris first, then that water can flow very smoothly. But if you leave, if the debris is left there and you open a sluice gate, it's going to end up causing blockages and causing problems. So if you, you go up and clear all the blockages first and then open it so there's a nice clear flow of energy coming from the spirit through your being without any impediment. And this is something that every time you work with the chakras, Every time you do this meditation, you're going to find one chakra might be a little bit off. One might be a lot more vivid and brighter than the other. And just contemplate what that means. Contemplate what it means to you and what the, the color represents. And you will find much information on the internet as to what color and meaning relate to. And you'll probably find it very accurate and helpful. You know, I, I can't just give you all the answers because my experience is just mine. Um, I'm giving you a lot of the facts that I've come across, but at the end of the day, a lot of it is based on my perspective and my opinion. The Rishis taught these meditative tools for us to use, but they're for the individual to have their own experience. That's why they're quite simple. They're quite basic. Um, you can go into great depth of the chakras. You can read an enormous amount about them and their relationship to the hormones and to, to the universe as well. Because there are chakras that connect you to much higher realms. But until you've worked with these seven chakras and you've achieved a certain level of proficiency, there's no point trying to connect to higher chakras than that because you just won't be capable of understanding it. And again, you want your channel to be nice and clear, 
nice and open and very strong. You want to build up your capacity to handle the, the higher information that comes through. You know, it's, it's like a conduit. If your conduit isn't quite right, you'll have problems. Uh, I use the analogy of a hose pipe. Before you open the tap of the hose pipe, you want to make sure that it's laid out properly. There's no kinks in it. There's no holes in it. And that it's ready for work. Because if you open the tap and you haven't unfolded it properly and there's all these kinks and knots in it, it's going to be very difficult to undo those knots, to work out those kinks. And it's going to cause blockages and leaks. And I suppose the, the human system can be the same. Opening yourself up to a powerful, unlimited source of energy when you're not prepared, when you haven't cleared the way first, it, it's a fool's errand. It makes common sense to do that, that way round. To just open the crown and expect the, the energy to pour in is probably, you know, it's not sensible for the common sense reasons that I've just given. You know, uh, I, I am basing it a lot on my opinion, but I've been taught very well. And having been given that instruction, it's only right to pass it on the way I've been given it, but to add my experience and add some of my own insights and perspectives as I do. So I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to publish the chakra meditation immediately after this one. And so you go on a journey with me and I'll try to, to give as deep an explanation as I can so that you can really visualize the meditation as I give it, that you can use your mind's eye to really build up a picture. So maybe spend a little bit of time preparing yourself first, getting a chair ready and being comfortable and making sure there's no disturbances. And again, go and work with color. Maybe get a set of pencils out and, and, and just draw all the different colors in an order so that before you do your meditation, you've got a visual representation of the colors that you're working with. Look at the ones you're drawn to. But hopefully, you know, if you've got no problem visualizing, it shouldn't be an issue for you. But some people do have trouble visualizing and just need a little aid before they meditate. And coloring pencils are a wonderful way of just sitting there for 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and getting a, a visualization of color before you do your meditation. Um, preparation is key. Make sure that you haven't just eaten a full meal. Make sure that you're comfortable, that you're hydrated, and that you're ready to do it. And if you are carrying around a lot of angst and anxiety, just do your square breathing exercises. Make sure that you are fully neutralized and relaxed and calm, and you've let go of as much negativity as possible. And um, maybe if you want to light a candle, put on some music, whatever it is you do to, to cleanse your space, to set your meditative space together. Maybe you've got an altar and you just want to spend a few moments with it and surround yourself with the things that you need to hand. And just make sure that when we begin the meditation, that you can follow it through to its fullness, that we open and close th thoroughly and completely. And you can do this time and time again, 
but it just takes that little bit of preparation beforehand to make sure that you can fully enjoy and fully immerse yourself in the meditation. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. <laughs>